Welcome to the Beautifully Balanced podcast. I'm Samantha Dinnard. Join me to explore holistic approaches to support your well-being in today's hectic world. Through each episode, my intention is to empower you to live your life with less stress and more joy and relaxation. I understand we are all unique and I invite you to take what resonates with you on your journey to feeling more vibrant from the inside out. My dream is to create a radiant ripple effect from each of us out into the world. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me. Now let's dive in. I spent every day in discomfort. From around the age of 16 to around 30 years old, I had digestive problems every single day. I felt exhausted as I tried to keep up with friends, work and studies during sixth forming university. And I was happy that I walked out of uni with a first class honours degree, despite the many health and personal challenges that I faced at the time. However, it was after this that things really took a turn for the worst, when I started work at a company after graduating, where I found myself in a work environment that I felt increasingly uncomfortable and stressed in. During this time, in addition to digestive concerns, I started to lose my voice on occasions and suffered with terrible migraines and sinus issues, eventually leading to sinus surgery in 2009. Focusing primarily on digestive concerns in this episode, at its worst, I would wake up and be stood in the kitchen bent over in pain. I would be stuck on the toilet fretting about getting to work on time and try not to burst into tears on the way there. I would spend the day in pain, in addition to having stomach spasms and cramps and stressing about bathroom breaks. Several times a week, I would have terrible diarrhea, sending me into states of dizziness. And the other days, I would struggle to go and feel sluggish and clogged up. Either way, I rarely felt like I'd emptied my bowels fully. I would get home exhausted, so hungry and headachey. Looking back, I clearly wasn't gaining the nutrients from the food that I was eating. At night, I would wake up sweating and in discomfort and sometimes excruciating pain, trying not to scream and wake up my housemates. Some days I struggled to bend over and put my socks on and so my love for dancing certainly grounded to a halt. This went on for a number of years and I tried my best to hide it from those around me because I found it embarrassing and also I just couldn't accept the situation myself. I made it through my days at work under immense stress to show up and perform. This was made worse when I was put on corrective action for being off from work a handful of times due to illness. I felt I was being treated like a robot and if I didn't fit into the company's rules then I was in the wrong and some kind of criminal when really I just needed the right environment and help. Looking back, the scenarios were bizarre between me, my manager and the occupational health team. This increased the unbearable anxiety I felt even further. I felt like people were making judgments about me without really listening to me. Whilst the physical symptoms grated away at me mentally each and every day, it was the mental aspects of trying to hide my symptoms and feeling lonely, misunderstood and living a life I couldn't bear or see an end to, that probably was the worst. 
Generally, if we are feeling really ill, then we might cancel our plans and rearrange them. However, when feeling ill is an everyday occurrence, I got used to just showing up and continuing. Because to me, if I didn't do that, I felt like I didn't have anything left. I've been financially independent pretty much since I was 16. How was I not going to go to work and create a better life for myself? Or ever turn up to a friend's birthday or or a night out without feeling ill? I wasn't going to sit at home forever when I was highly driven and ambitious inside. I just didn't have the skills at the time to manage my condition and the situation that I was in. Over the years, I went to the GP to be given some medication that had no effect and then be told I had IBS and there was absolutely nothing that could be done. And I didn't feel like I was being taken seriously. I didn't feel seen, heard or understood by the doctor at the time, which just added to the mental torment of a condition that was having a serious impact on my quality of life. Eventually, I went privately and had cameras put up my derriere and was initially diagnosed with colitis for a few months. I was taking strong steroids that had side effects of their own. After another invasive camera with a different consultant, they decided that actually it wasn't colitis, but IBS. The consultant briefly asked me about my stress levels and particularly at work but didn't say how much of an impact this could have had. At this time, I felt my health was in other people's hands. What about you? Do you feel empowered to manage your own health or do you always look to outsiders for the answer? Something else I tried was a number of... can't say the word, eliminatory diets through nutritionalists and my consultant at the hospital. The first three I tried were inconclusive. There were no patterns between what I was eating and my symptoms. Finally, when I tried the FODMAP diet, which I think originates from Australia, I started to gain some symptom relief, which was hopeful. And so I continued to eat like this for quite some time way beyond the recommended period because unfortunately I saw foods as good and bad or perhaps rather safe and unsafe or ones that might make me feel okay-ish and ones that would just make me feel terrible. So every meal was analysed which was stressful. I found it extremely difficult to reintroduce foods back into my diet and lifestyle And finally, 10 years later, since I came off any of those restricted diets, I now eat almost anything, anything that I would like to eat. And I do enjoy my food. Food is a bit of a funny one. And I think many of us have different relationships to food. Do you ever consider your relationship? Once I'd left the graduate job and went to retrain as a secondary school teacher at the University of Manchester in 2010, I still had many physical and mental health concerns. And whilst I pushed myself to work up to 90 hours a week due to severe anxiety, it felt less stressful than the uncomfortableness I felt during my graduate role and my symptoms weren't as bad. 
I still had daily digestive issues, but they were less severe and I still had voice loss and migraine problems too. I was by no means radiant and healthy, but I didn't realize how bad I felt until I eventually started to feel better. The turning point for me was in autumn 2015 when I totally shut down. I couldn't speak for around three weeks and my anxiety was on a whole new level. I went to see the ears, nose and throat specialist who I'd originally seen six years before for my sinuses and he said everything looked fine and was about to send me off on my way home. But I pushed him to refer me to a speech and language therapist. There was absolutely no way that I was leaving there to manage this on my own. I went to see a speech and language therapist and I'm not going to lie, it was really uncomfortable at first. She started asking me questions about my emotions, a vocabulary that wasn't very well developed for me at the time. She handed me a leaflet about how my speech loss could be due to emotional factors rather than physical and I wondered what on earth it was on about. As far as I was concerned, I had physical symptoms and therefore it must be something physical that needs to be fixed. As I took a few days and looked at the leaflet a few more times, this idea of it being mental rather than physical started to to sink in. And I thought perhaps, perhaps there was something in it. And maybe my emotions do have a role to play. I had weekly sessions with the speech and language therapist. And through her, she also encouraged me to start CBT, which was really helpful to challenge my mindset. These sessions were intense and brought up a lot of challenging things for me. And at the same time, I was preparing to totally uproot and move to Japan for two years, where I'd have to create a whole new life for myself whilst my husband was working. So I had as many appointments as possible before I flew off, which I was immensely grateful for. Before I left, the speech and language therapist recommended that I started yoga. So upon arrival in Japan, I soon made a few new friends and one friend knew of a yoga class taught in English and I soon joined up. Initially, I thought it was a bit slow and boring and my mind was full of anxiety. I was worrying about all of the poses, about my joints, about if I was going to get a headache, about how I was going to feel at the end of the class. And the poses felt quite different to what I'd experienced before. It was very different to dancing and it was sometimes a little uncomfortable given the amount of tightness that was in my body at the time. And I probably pushed myself a little bit further than I should have to go deeper into poses, letting my ego lead the way. But anyway, after showing up for a few weeks, I started to settle into it and I really began to feel the many benefits. This experience gave me the incentive to bring more yoga into my life and I started to practice most days at home. I found it helped to quieten my mind and ease the tension from my body. This in turn helped my stress levels and it also supported my digestive concerns. I found my stomach and my um, yeah, toilet habits became more regular. 
the discomfort was reducing and along with my migraines and the insomnia, they were improving too. So after a short practice, even, I realized that my body and mind had not felt this good for a long, long time. So I practiced yoga for a few months in Japan before I decided to join up to become a yoga teacher. And in that time, I was able to come off of my daily migraine tablets completely. And I began to gain more confidence around my digestion. Also in Japan, I had to start to eat things that were out of my control. And I couldn't read the ingredients on the products or the menus. So this was a big step towards letting go of those unsafe food thoughts by being forced to change my behavior and see evidence that actually I was okay for eating different things. So step by step, bit by bit, my health was starting to improve. I was introduced to breathing exercises with my speech and language therapist. They looked a little different to the yoga exercises, sometimes blowing into a straw, into a bottle that was filled with water, making bubbles. So it's, oh, as I say that, it sounds a little bit um, childlike, actually, but I don't think I felt like it was, it was fun and playful at the time. But I didn't quite grasp how important the breath was at that time until I started learning more about it through yoga and experiencing it for myself. So breathing in a calm and deeper manner actually really supports my speech. Because if we think about it, as we talk, we're using the air to project the voice out. And through this, it began to make speaking much less effort, much less effortful, which I was very conscious of and I'd get very tired from talking. So even in Japan, I struggled at loud social gatherings because I found it hard to speak loud enough or for long enough. So I sometimes declined the invites even though I wanted to go. And when I first began teaching yoga in 2017, I did struggle to breathe and give the verbal instructions. And I was very, very conscious of my voice which fortunately now is something that I don't have to pay too much attention to. And I often actually get complimented on my soothing and relaxing voice at class. So I returned to the UK at the very end of 2017. And I was so excited to be back in the UK, going into the supermarkets, buying a range of foods that I enjoyed and buying more foods to eat than I did pre-Japan. I still had a few foods that I would avoid, but I ate 95% of things. So we got our dog Tilly when we returned and decided to commit to a lifestyle that involved being more outdoors after we enjoyed nature in Japan so much. I was always against camping, mostly due to my toilet concerns and imagined lack of sleep. But as I began to feel stronger and healthier, I decided to give it a go. Being me, I jumped in at the deep end with a 10-night camping trip in Scotland. And do you know what? I did enjoy it and I didn't sleep so bad. and didn't get up in the night as many times as I thought I would. And in fact, sharing the toilet facilities wasn't as stressful as I imagined. 
I went out for a few hours into the countryside which would have felt impossible before with stomach pains and feeling embarrassed that I would likely need a sloppy number two, but it was fine. My lifestyle began to change. My stress levels began to reduce and my health continued to improve. Camping and being in nature is such a great stress reliever. My understanding of the role on stress on health has developed and I understand that when when I'm in a stress response, then my body is primed for action, to fight or flight from danger, whether that be physical danger or mental thoughts. The body isn't diverting energy to processing food at that time. The opposite is the rest and digest response, which as the name suggests, supports digestion and assimilation of foods, along with the digestion also of emotions and life experiences. So it was no wonder that starting yoga had such a profound impact upon my health and well-being. And this understanding helps me to make choices even today that builds my stress and relaxation response muscle, if you like. Throughout 2018, I felt drawn more and more to Ayurveda. Whenever I read something about it, it just naturally and intuitively made sense. So I dived deeper into this science of life and I started to piece together my digestive symptoms along with the migraines and the stress and anxiety plus the arthritis that I was experiencing in my feet and had had an operation on back in 2013. Amazingly, these all fall under fatter imbalances in Ayurveda. And therefore, in order to improve my health further, I started to make small changes that helped to bring vata back into balance. If you're not familiar, vata is the dosha or constitution made up predominantly of air and space. If we think of gas and bloating and fast bowel movements, these are very light and airy features. An anxious mind is like the wind, jumping from one worrying thought to the next. The dry arthritic joints in my feet were dried out with too much air. And when bones weaken, they can have air holes, a bit like an aero chocolate bar. This was a light bulb moment for me. It meant that rather than looking at my numerous symptoms separately, I began to gain a much deeper understanding of the root cause of my ailments. And I felt empowered to take steps myself towards greater health and vitality. Everyone is individual, but for me, it helped to reduce the air in my gut by removing things like rice cakes and popcorn. And it definitely helped by eating slower rather than shoveling my food down and gulping in a ton of air and not really chewing it properly. I opted for drinking still warm drinks instead of ice cold or air filled fizzy beverages. I learned that if I came down out of my whelmed mind and focused my attention towards the earth and grounded during yoga practices, that that would support my anxious mind. And I ensured that I kept my arthritic joints more moisturized and warm. I found stability and calmness in routines and I developed breath practices that supported my nervous system always conscious about reducing the stress response and tuning into that rest and digest response that helps the body 
to do all of its great functions, including digestion. Health wasn't something I needed to hand over to an external GP or consultant anymore. It was something that I could influence. And this led me to take another month-long yoga teacher training in India in 2019, where I focused on Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine and its therapeutic application to yoga. I have to admit, when I first heard of Ayurveda and its personalized approach, when we were thinking about foods for different mind-body types, it certainly wasn't a place that I was willing to go. I really could not face analyzing my foods again. This was back in around 2017. But in the last couple of years, I have started to experiment. And I see food now as medicine that can help me to feel well which is quite a contrast from foods feeling scary and unsafe in the past. I believe the aggravations in my gut have now settled as I manage my stresses and allow my body and mind to heal and function much better. So the story that I told at the beginning, bent over in the kitchen, is now a distant memory. The thought of struggling through life, feeling ill every day, now feels like a different person. Today, I am able to notice much earlier when I'm starting to go out of balance. And I have a personal toolkit to help me move back towards vitality and health. As I continue on my journey with Ayurveda, I am more intrigued about supporting my own personal health with the food choices that I make. Maintaining low, lower stress and a nourishing lifestyle. Today, I am truly grateful to get up in the morning and to not be in pain. I get excited when I go to the bathroom regularly. And if I'm a bit off one day, I really notice it. To not consistently feel mentally overwhelmed and ashamed and to not live my life looking for bathrooms just feels fantastic. So the choices we make today really do define our tomorrow and our future. And you might like to check out episode 23, Consistency is Key, for more about this. I've been through many challenging and traumatic experiences that have all impacted my health. And finally, I'm in a place to recognise that they have all led me to be the ever-evolving person that I am proud of today. Ten years ago, I would never have dreamt that I would be into yoga and complementary health but the evidence I've personally experienced speaks for itself. So here I am focused on my own health and vitality, along with working towards my life purpose of supporting and empowering others more deeply with their own personal health journeys through yoga and Ayurveda. I would like to finish this episode by saying that my health issues didn't occur overnight. I believe there was an accumulation of experiences and reactions as I tried to navigate the challenges of life the best that I could at the time. I've managed to turn things around through small consistent lifestyle changes and mindset upgrades over a number of years rather than a quick fix overnight. And on that journey I've learned a lot about myself and I believe that it's never too early or late to begin that journey and make some improvements to your health and therefore your experience of daily life, whether you have some health niggles or chronic health concerns. And finally, before I finish, 
I just want to say for those people who look healthy on the outside but are suffering on the inside, I see you and do take care of yourself. So I hope this episode has been food for thought. I think it's probably my most um, exposing episode so far, sharing personal things with you um, that I may not have said anywhere else before. So thank you ever so much for being with me. And remember, the Beautifully Balanced podcast episodes are out every other Wednesday. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Beautifully Balanced podcast. Please press subscribe to be notified when the next episode is out every other Wednesday. Do follow me on Facebook and Instagram at beautifullybalanced.online.